Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, Episode 76. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, just be prepared to, to uh, persevere. Um, start at the bottom and work, keep working your way up. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Eric McMahon, and today we have Casey Kramer of the Chicago Bears, the assistant strength coach with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is my first time here at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, and it's been uh, really fun uh, connecting and meeting a different group of coaches for me. Absolutely. It's a, it's a great time, like I was telling you, you know, uh, before we started, it's my third time to uh, come here, and it's always just a great time. They, they do a great job of, of putting on, uh, you know, a good event. It's a, a good time for everybody to get together and, and to talk shop, and a lot of really, really good guys in the NFL in, in strength and conditioning a lot of guys are very humble and, and have worked their way up. And so it's just always a good time to get everybody together in, in one room and and to uh, just have a good time and spend the day together and, and get to know more about each other, the guys that you compete against every year. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see everybody. That's awesome. So tell us, uh, I know we were talking off the air, um, tell us kind of your journey in strength and conditioning and how you got to the NFL. Sure. So uh, I, I probably could start back when I was in high school and, I, was, uh, I grew up in a really, really small town in, in western Kansas and uh, knew I wanted to pursue sports, wanted to play you know, sports in college, wanted to be a college football player. And so, um, you know, I, I got great advice when I was uh, younger. Uh, one a coach of mine told me, he said, hey, if you want to play college football, you better get in the weight room. So I went to the weight room. I didn't know what I was doing. But just kind of followed along and, and then ended up playing junior college football. Um, ended up going to Northwestern Oklahoma State. So through that experience of um, going to college, I never had a strength coach per se when I was going through college. And uh, we always just had a, you know, like one of our position coaches just kind of ran the weight, you kind of monitored the weight room and made sure that guys were coming in. Um, and so myself and a group of buddies, you know, we kind of tried to figure some things out and, and uh, figure out how we could get ourselves better. And, and um, I always tell people that I became a strength coach because I literally couldn't play without it. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't have played past high school without strength and conditioning and um, getting myself bigger, getting myself stronger, working on uh, becoming faster and, and all of those things. And so um, that was very, very key in, in, in uh, me kind of turning that switch in my mind of learning a little bit more about, you know, how to do it myself and how to, um, you know, how, how to get myself better and program for myself. and. And, you know, I was really my own, my own lab rat, you know, kind of my own, my own crash test dummy in, in, in programming. And it started way back, you know, when I was a freshman, sophomore in college and, and, um, it, it just kind of blossomed from there. And so, uh, I, I graduated from college and, the the, uh, the, the coach kind of coincidentally that, that I said was the weight room monitor. He became a junior college head coach, head football coach. And so he calls me up. I, gra- I just graduated and he says, hey, you know, I want you to come and be the strength coach here and, and I'm, and I'm have you coach the tight ends. And, and uh, so I said, you know, I'm looking at some other stuff, some, some graduate assistantships and, and some things like that. But anyway, I ended up going to uh, Fort Scott Community College to be uh, head strength coach. I was uh, 22 years old, uh, really had no, really no idea what I was doing. Um, studied for my CSCS during that same time I was, I was studying. I remember to take that. So I was strength coach, coaching tight ends, studying for the CSCS, you know, trying to get all those things in line. So I did that for a year. Um, 
working through that process, I had the summers off, so we didn't have anybody around training for the summer. And so I asked, you know, hey, can I uh, go to an internship or something in the summer, go to a, a school, go to a college, kind of learn from some somebody else. And so they allowed me to. I ended up getting an internship at Auburn University. So I went cool. went down to Auburn for the summer uh, and, and ended up, so when I was there, I was lucky enough to, they had a, a GA spot that opened up in, in Olympic sports. Uh, and, and so uh, they hired me for that. So I started my graduate assistantship there um, on the Olympic side of things and uh, was ended up being at Auburn in total for three years. Two, two of them as a graduate assistant I worked with. Um, the numbers are kind of blurry, but somewhere around nine sports, nine different sports in uh, all the weight rooms there. So just had a great time of um, learning. You know, I, was, I did a lot of different things there. I was an assistant. Uh, to some sports. I had my own sports that I, I was able to program and work with. I worked with a lot of really good people, a lot of really good guys that came through there. It's kind of funny to be in this position now. Actually, three of us who were uh, who were employed at Auburn at the same time are actually here at the Combine as NFL guys. So it's awesome. it's uh, it's kind of funny to trace that back and, and to, uh, to have that. And so um, through that process, when I was uh, an intern and a GA, my first year that I was at Auburn, um, a guy named Jason Lascalzo, who's my current boss with the Bears, was uh, the, the football assistant uh, at Auburn. Kevin Yoxall was the was the, the head football strength coach, and so Jason moved on with to Boston College. I still had some some GA to finish up, so I finished up my GA. I'm looking for jobs. I'm looking for jobs. Applying, interviewing. Nothing's hitting. Nothing's happening. Um, you know, I actually uh, was was an unpaid intern again at that point because I just you know as a GA couldn't, was struggling to find a job and. So anyway, he had something open up. His his assistant took off and left, and so he said, you know, hey, I got this spot open here. If you you know if you're interested, so yeah, I went. Of course, I moved to Boston. Um, for for a Kansas guy, moving to the city was a little bit intimidating, but mm-hmm. took that. So I was at BC for three years, um, and then kind of took a strange, a little bit of a stranger turn. That's around that point in time was when the the tactical strength and conditioning was kind of being put together, and I had yeah. a good friend of mine named Jared Arich. Uh, who was working in there and he he kind of got me started on that road you know I talked to him about it and he said hey you know I think you'd really be interested in this so if this is you know t- told me about what he was doing and working with uh, special operations and in that community and it sounded you know really interesting and and um, and so I just kind of blindly applied to a posting and it, and it was uh, kind of crazy the posting was was up for a very short amount of time it was tough to find it was like scrolling through government website and doing all this and that and uh, so I ended up applying, applying for it. You know, they called me back. Ended up, ended up taking the job. So I leave BC. Uh, you know, spent a couple of years in the tactical sector as a as a contractor, a contracted employee doing strength and conditioning. Um, some things kind of fell through. You know, toward the toward the, the later parts of that, there were some growing pains in there. You know, and so I was just kind of looking to get back into into college. So I started to, to apply for for college jobs. Uh, you know, and had some interviews and had some, some things happening. And so, again, I, I called uh, Jason Lascalzo as a reference, you know, hey, to reference for me, I'm applying for these jobs just in case you get a call, something might come up, sure. So, you know, a few weeks after that, he calls me, he says, hey, he, he had gone from Boston College to Washington State at the time as part of Mike Leach's staff. He went over there to be the, the head football guy at Washington State. So he calls me, he says, hey, you know, if, I know you're looking to get out of the out of currently what you're doing. If you want to do that, you know, you can come 
I got an assistant spot. You know, you, you can you can come work. I'd love to have you work for me. So I said, yeah, sure. You know, so again, there I go again from Colorado. I moved to, <laughs> I, was, I was in uh, Colorado Springs for the tactical thing. So I moved oh, nice. to uh, Pullman, Washington, spent two years at Washington State. Uh, started applying for, again, I was looking to be, uh, all, all through my time as an assistant, when I was a, uh, an assistant, I, I was always looking at like FCS level jobs or uh, maybe mid-major type jobs. And so I uh, applied for a few of those and ended up getting interviewed by Tennessee Tech, uh, uh, which is in Cookville, Tennessee. Um, and so interviewed for that job. They ended up giving me the job. Uh, so I, I moved to Cookville, Tennessee. I was there for a little over four years uh, as, uh, as a head of overall sports, uh, head strength coach, and loved it, had a great time there. And so um, but then again, you know, since I, since I, uh, I, I've only worked for one guy my entire career, and that's <laughs> Jason Lascalzo. So he, he calls me again. He says, Hey man, I'm going to the bears, uh, interviewing for the you know, bears job. If I get the job, would you be interested in working as my assistant? And so third time? Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so he gets the job, hires me and, and, uh, so here I go. And that's I, and awesome. Here, so, yeah. You know, it's, uh, listening to you and going kind of back to the beginning of what you said, there's there's a lot of strength coaches out there, and myself included, that um, I feel like first connected with this field, maybe with not the best strength and conditioning experience or not having a true strength coach. Yeah. And I, I always feel like that's such a inspiring story for young coaches because we all kind of have a different pathway in this business. Sure. You know? And, and uh and, and hearing that and all the way from, you know, just starting off up to the NFL, that's a really, really inspiring story. And, and that, that's yeah. just really cool. I mean, it's um, crazy. Like, I, I remember back when uh, when I was in college, the very first thing, kind of the, some of the first things I found was, I don't know how I got a hold of it, but uh, they like that old Nebraska program, you know, like mm-hmm. the uh, the Husker Power you know, stuff. Like Boyd Epley. Right, yeah, yeah, the, yeah the, the uh, you know, it was like a block periodized program, you know, but somehow I got a, I got a hold of that booklet. And so my first programming was I, I basically copied that and I bought the Arnold encyclopedia from a bookstore. And so I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to kind of like mold these two, you know? So I was like, I'm doing the, I, I'm going to do these Olympic lifts and everything like that. And then I'm like looking through the Arnold thing, like just trying to get jacked, you know, like every, like everybody else, you know? So I was like, just a, it's kind of funny how, you know, all, all that happened. That, yeah. And then Arnold encyclopedia was the, the first exercise book I ever actually oh, came man. across. So, as, as yeah. well, so. I still have it too. And it's like, yeah. just, and I got, I got, uh, I was, I got my notes, you know, I remember like I, I was looking through this thing, like taking notes, you know, and I'm like how to pick, how to do your workouts, you know, and then I'm looking at the Husker power manual. And so I'm just trying, I'm trying to put all that stuff together and, and it's just kind of funny now. And then I was at Washington state and they had a strength and conditioning minor, um, out there, you know, so we had interns in our weight room that were minoring and strength and conditioning. And so I'm just like, man, are you guys kidding me? Like you're learning like all this good, you, you don't realize what you're learning right now. You know, they're like, you guys like yeah. me, I would have loved to have learned that kind of stuff when I was an undergrad. It, I just would have soaked it up and, and, uh, taken it, you know, but it's, it's so, so, the feel has come so far for sure yeah. in a relatively short period of time. Right. You right. Know, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, you know, we're, we're both still pretty young right. in our careers. Yeah. And, and we've seen just in the past 20 years, you know, it's 2020, just how much. Yeah, uh, and man, how much it's grown. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. So um, obviously you've had one primary mentor throughout, you know, you, yeah. most of your career. Who are some of the other influences in the field now that you have studied strength and conditioning and, and that you look to? Uh, so I... Uh you know, obviously, I I, uh, I I came in my my very first I guess uh, 
boss per se was was Kevin Yoxall at Auburn. He had been around a long time. Um, you know, he he's he's had a, had a great career as a strength coach. So he was my first wave of learning and and I guess had a program for football outside of the uh, Husker Power and the and the Arnold Encyclopedia. Like he was he was the next thing. Um, and so uh, just you know learned from him. I uh, you know I also follow a lot of a lot of guys that are outside of I guess you would say team sports like guys like Joe DeFranco um, you know lo- looking at some some different things in, in physical therapy now is is, is kind of I, f- I follow some of that type of stuff and um, uh, but I, you know I am a, a traditional uh, tr- traditionalist I guess when it comes to strength and conditioning of you know uh, kind of the old school barbell strength type stuff so you know i have a lot of respect for guys that do that that run good olympic lift programs and and you know guys like tommy moffitt and um mm-hmm. you know like there's a, a you know different guys in in uh, uh, buddy morris guys like that that have, that have been in the nfl had a lot of success done things you know um but stick to the basics and 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 do all that type of stuff so nice yeah so just to shift gears for a second sure. um you know here at the nfl combine i said this was my first time here um how much involvement you know a lot of strength coaches here how much involvement do you guys have in the actual uh testing of athletes that goes on here um or whether it be the scouting process or you know what's your role like so our i think it's different from team to team uh and we we actually with the bears we we're not really i guess called upon to uh play a huge role in the in the evaluation process um uh when our club brings guys in for for interviews we'll meet with them at that point but you know through the through the combine we're not gonna you know we're not we're not doing evaluations or interviews or anything here um you know we we uh you know we'll, we'll check the weigh-ins out some stuff like that but uh, as far as like watching the bench watching them run the 40s and stuff we're not really involved in that process we'll you know we'll see the numbers and get the data and all that kind of stuff but um, but on the flip side, I know, you know, friends of mine and guys that I talk to here, they're, they're very involved in it. You know, like they're watching everything. They're, you know, critiquing it, how the guys run, how they move, you know, and all that, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, for us, we're, we're, uh, we're pretty hands-off in that process. Okay. So, um, um, yeah, we're here at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. And uh, as you probably heard with the announcement in the background, <laughs> we always record these podcasts kind of in a – open you know uh trade show environment you know so we always i remember when i did the podcast with scott caulfield a few years ago there was a uh a band was kind of warming up in the background (laughs) so it was like this rock concert going on so it was um so you never know what you're going to get here with the nsca coaching podcast um so casey kramer of the chicago bears the assistant strength coach i'm going to just ask you a few questions about kind of your coaching philosophy and and you know how you feel about working with athletes, you know, um, let's start with what makes a strength and conditioning coach successful, you know, based on your experience in the field and where you're at today. So I think overall, um, you know, as a, as a strength coach, we're kind of like the, like the, like the gatekeeper of the program. And it, it really doesn't matter where you're at, you know, from high school all the way up to the NFL. Um, you know, a lot of times, like when I, you know, when I was at the college level and even still at the NFL, when you get your new players in, and it doesn't matter what sport you work with. It was the same way for me when I was working with, uh, you know, basketball or, or what have you. Um, you get to new, your new athletes in it, so you're, you're kind of the first one to see the athletes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and from, from every standpoint, you know, you get to see how they move, um, their flexibility, their mobility, the way that they can bend, you know, their, their body and how they work, their work habits, 
um, every every part of it, from how they take care of themselves to their approach and everything. And so, um, so I think you know, I, what what makes you, in my opinion, a good strength coach is just being able to have an effect and an, an influence and an impact on a, on all those factors. Um, you know, I, I got into to strength and conditioning because I wanted to to give what I didn't have. And so, like like I said, when I was coming up. As an athlete, I didn't have anybody telling me these things, and so that's you know my, kind of my biggest thing is I want to be able to help athletes, you know, help help them with what they need, whether it's uh, their flexibility or just getting stronger and putting together a good program for them, and just helping them have success, you know, in, their, in the competitive arena, whatever sport that may be. Um, and so, you know, for me, I think I I consider my success myself a success if I'm able to do all those types of things and and i guess just be a good coach for our staff and and helping uh develop our players and helping um you know for now developing better human beings and and uh you know just helping guys to excel and grow and and get better and get stronger and and uh you know maybe do something that they couldn't have done or known on their own and so it's Mm -hmm. uh you know i i think that's that's uh, and as a strength coach um you know you have all that to, to take into account, you know, there's, um, you know, it, w- when you're working with football, it's like you're not like the tight ends coach where you have like, f- you know, four or five guys that you're coaching and seeing every day. You know, like we see everybody, uh, we see them, you know, throughout their entire course of their year and, and everything like that. And so, um, yeah, that's a big part of it for me is just is, is being a good gatekeeper for the program and then uh, being really good for your players and helping them get from 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 somewhere where they are and taking them to where you know they want to go and achieve their goals and, and everything that they want out of it that's awesome um now is this has your perspective changed you know a lot over the years or would you say that's kind of held true um from job to job or now that you're in the nfl versus being in college versus working with tactical strength and conditioning you know how do you how do you look at the field differently now yeah and so uh i've, I've had a good uh the way that I came up in it has been has been been really 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 good for me because when I st- when I first like I said when I first started at Auburn I was in Olympic sports so I was working with um, soccer and I was working with gymnastics and softball and and uh, women's basketball and baseball and some some of the sports that were non you know like I, I came up as a football player and so you know like when you when you're in football strength and conditioning like. I mean, you can always like default to cranking the music up and lifting, you know, like it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like a, you know, you can always kind of default to that motivation mode of like, you know, uh, get, get, get the guys loud and, you know, kind of, kind of have a good time doing it. But some, sometimes with the other sports, it doesn't work that way. And so, um, it's, it's been a, like the way that I started was great because it kind of slapped me in the face. You know, I came from like being like a meathead football player and then I was working with soccer you know, and it, it's like you just in gymnastics and things like that, where they they're a little bit different in the weight room, and so you have to come up with a different way to say it and a different way to coach it. And um, so I feel like that that helped me become a better coach. Um, it, it was dealing with some of those different sports and the different personalities and and the, and the things like that. But um, uh, but yeah, uh, maybe I strayed away from the original question. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, um. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's really great. Um, you know, on the on this podcast, you know, we don't ask a ton of questions about the X's and O's of sure. strength and conditioning, and, and we try to get to the kind of the core of, of your journey and and what your philosophy is about working with athletes. And I think 
Um, a little bit of what we were talking about off, you know, off the air, you know, some of the non-weight room components of being a strength coach. Sure. And, and um, you know, so for you, you know, what are the non-weight room skills that are important to strength and conditioning coaches and just some things outside of the weight room that, you know, affect your lifestyle as a strength coach and, and the way you look at the field? Sure. And so, you know, I think, uh, which is one thing we touched on, um, earlier as we were just having a conversation was the work-life balance. Um, and so for, for me, um, and, and I think it's important for all strength coaches to, to be a good, uh, I guess, leader of yourself, um, you know, and, and, and taking care of yourself. We, we are, we're constantly on our athletes to take care of their bodies and to, uh, um, you know, make sure they're doing, doing things like eating right and getting sleep and, and uh, taking care of all of those little things outside of their sport that we know plays such an important factor in having success in the sport. So I think as, as strength coaches, maybe we could follow a little bit of our own advice on that and, and make sure that we're doing all that we can to take care of ourselves. Um, you know, in, in, in everything, you know, spend, spending time with family or, or spending time doing things that you like to do, gaining mental clarity, um, things like that. I know I always feel like I'm most on top of my game um, as a coach, when I'm well rested, when everything in my life is is uh, you know is, is working the way that it should work, um, and so for me that that's that's a huge part of it, and you know and, and also leadership, uh, you know and and instilling good values in your athletes. Like I said, we we get to be with the athletes all the time, and so if you're, you know, when I was a, a, a as a head strength coach at Tennessee Tech, I was with we had you know I think we had like 13 we had 13 sports. I had a full one full-time assistant, two GAs, and so we were all seeing those athletes all the time. So it's important to put skills and values and and uh, morals and beliefs and and to to help with that. And so, as a coach, you have to pursue those things yourself and, and really you know take care of yourself uh, again and and you know just always become a better leader, um, become more well-rounded. I think um, you know out outside of being a coach and. Um, even even like now, as as uh, and when I when I was working in the tactical sector, I was coaching and working with guys that were either my same age or older than me, and so you have to kind of find common ground, you know, with them and be able to talk to them and relate to them on more of a personal level. And so I think, you know, the the better person you can become, and if you have hobbies, great, you know, like have have good hobbies, have you know a family that you know could spend time with your family so that you can you can teach your athletes and you can relate that to to your athletes at your clientele or or whoever it is that you're that you're working with and so you know I, I think for me those things are very very important it's important that you're a good strength coach but it's it's also important that you have good you know work life balance and you're you're a really healthy human being outside of the weight room absolutely yeah yeah and i i always think about you know you know for me having kids it's you know i don't I don't want to have two levels of communication. You know, the way I, one way that I communicate with my kids and what I would tell them and what is true. Sure. And the way I communicate with my athletes. And and to me, until you really get there in life, it's something that you, it's hard to wrap your head around. But like, you know, something just this stage of life, kind of where we're at. Absolutely. Is, is, um, you know, hits home with me. Sure. um, So, Talk about the NFL calendar as a strength and conditioning coach, different times of year that you have uh, more time with the athletes, obviously in season, all the way up through the playoffs, and then what kind of happens afterwards? What's the offseason like? Sure. So if we start in the offseason from the, the time, whenever it is that you play your last game, 
all the way until what's typically like mid-April when your, uh, I guess what would be your quote-unquote off-season time starts. You're in this kind of weird period where, um, you know, your players aren't, there's some rules in the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement where uh, players aren't required to stay. There's no incentive for them to stay. There's no incentive for them to, to go through your program as a strength coach. Um, and so for many teams, uh, in, in a lot of different places, the, the guys are gone. You know, I know for us, like in Chicago, um, it's cold. Uh, and so, so a lot of our guys are going to try to go someplace where the sun's shining, where it's warm. You know, they're going to be in, uh, you know, Texas, Florida, California, Arizona, where, wherever it may be, just like someplace warmer where, you know, it's not snowing and the, and the sun's shining a little bit. So we, we battle against a little bit of that. Um, uh, but also, you know, like we, we encourage our players to get away, you know, to, to again, our season's so long. You know, we, we start training camp middle of July and y'all, most of the time you're playing after the first of the year, you know, and if you make the playoffs or, you know, you're lucky enough to go deep in the playoffs, you're playing longer than that. So that's, that's a long time to be around all day, every day to be, you know, held accountable to a calendar and, uh, have all these things that you have to do. And so we kind of encourage our guys to get away. And I, I think, you know, I, I don't want to speak for everybody here, but I think that's mostly the case with a lot of places. The players just kind of scatter and, and move on uh, to, to somewhere else and, and get their bodies right, get their mind right, you know, all of those things and, and heal and recover. Um, so that's early on, uh, you know, like maybe like January, February, that, that time of the year. Um, We'll see some guys kind of start coming back in to, to train and uh, to start getting getting back with with uh, us and what we're doing in March. And then, um, like I said, April is when uh, our our real off season starts. And so for uh, for uh, the calendar, the way it's split, we have phase one uh, for the NFL off season, which is only strength and conditioning. So that's like our our prime time, you know, and we get like two to three weeks in there. Then we have phase two where we're, we're still able to train. We still have our, our normal training groups and our normal training time and we're lifting and we're running, but we also, they also have um, football. So they're, so they're going to go, you know, they're, they're able to go out on the field with their coaches for, for, I think it's like 20 to 30 minutes. And then they're also able to do some film stuff too. And so, uh, after that, we start our OTAs, the organized team activities, which is uh, takes us three or four more weeks after that where they're actually practicing. It's non-padded practices, but they are full speed. And so we, we uh, were able to train through that period of time too. That's, um, I believe that's four weeks in length. And then uh, that takes us to first week or so of June. We typically have a mini camp that's mandatory at the end of that. Um, and then from middle of June to middle of July, we're, we're off again. So we, we have another kind of like a dead period of time where we're not allowed to train our guys, you know, and we're, we're not allowed to, um, you know, to, to, to be with them and to coach them. We, you know, the, the rules are, are pretty specific on what, what we can and can't do. And so, um, but anyway, that, that, that calendar alone in the offseason lends itself a lot to having good work-life balance, you know, because we're, we're prohibited at times to even coach the guys. You know, if they come in, they come in. We can sh- tell them what to do and show them. You know, you know, here's here's what you should be doing. And and uh, but there, a lot of it is done on their own in the off season. Um, in, in those in those off times, um, the season when the season starts and uh, training camp gets going. Training camp is kind of like I think for everybody just a time to get through and survive. And so we we try to do the best that we can to continue to train our guys. Um, our coaching staff uh, philosophy is really really helps us out in that so we're able to have good time with the guys and still be able to work with them 
Um, and then the season comes around once our roster is set. We have a we have a long, really long 16 game in season that spans the course of you know most of the year. And so for us, you know, in the NFL, your your in season time is the longest uninterrupted training time that you have with your players. And so you really have to make the most of that. That's the time when you're guaranteed to get the most time with every player on your team. And so so for us, it's really important that we maximize that time that we're intelligent with our programming that we're able to help our guys that need help and and try to get our guys better through the year and you know if we have an injury or something that may come up we're we're gonna we're gonna address that we're gonna you know we're we're able to uh again just spend a lot of time with the guys and they're with us um there's no leaving during that time so it's uh it's it's just a time that that uh we we definitely have to maximize i know sometimes that's an area where i've grown um as a coach is, you know, like when you first get into strength and conditioning, it's always kind of tough to, to, uh, design a good, you know, in season programming. Cause you know, things start to come up and, um, you know, the sessions get canceled and what have you. And there's some things like that to go on. So some, I know, I know I've talked to some people and they're like, oh, our in season lifts are just a waste, you know, we're just, and, and, and so we, we can't do that. You know, we can't just go through the motions cause it's really the, the, the most amount of time it's we have. Most access right. Yeah. It's our, yeah. We yeah. have, we have, and we have, um, you know, uh, total access so we're the, the guys are eating in our complex um we have the we have the data that we we collect from practice and everything so we're able to really see a kind of a 360 degree view of our players during that time so we we take advantage of it that's awesome so talking about you know your access to players during the season how much um how much emphasis would you say is on on development versus um, sort of that, you know, what you touched on is, you know, that typical in-season mentality of like, okay, we'll just dial things back and kind of keep things, you know, almost that maintenance sure. mentality, um, you know, at the professional level dealing with, I mean, we all know NFL athletes are, are at the top of their game. Um, sure. you know, how much development's going on? Uh, you know, it, it, actually a lot of it, um, I think a good program continues to evolve and grow and change over the over the course of years in the NFL. And so, like for us, our youngest player was 21 and our oldest player was 34. And so, within that range of uh, wide range of ages, you know, you still have to find ways to uh, help guys improve. And and you know, and even then, we may have a a guy that's very young but has had you know different surgeries and different things like that. And so. Um, uh, we're, we're always looking to try to develop our guys in some way, um, some shape or some form and uh, the best way that we can. Uh, I would say the most, uh, you know, the, the basic level of development is in our first, you know, few years with our with our guys um, that they come in as rookies. Uh, our, our one, two and three year guys were uh, we're almost training those guys no different than you would train a college, uh, a college player during during the time that we have them. And so. Uh, and then as they go on and as they mature throughout their career, we want to make sure that we mature the program, too, so that it's like, oh, well, you know, hey, he's getting a little bit older. He's got some mileage on his knees and his ankles and things like that. We can't just stop. You know, we can't we can't stop the progress. And so for us, it's being uh, being innovative enough to find a new way to get the same results and uh, find a new way to make sure that we're always pushing the needle and trying to move uh, move our guys up and, and uh, you know, get them better in some way. You know, they, they have to. 
Uh, they have to be better next year than they were the previous year, you know, and that's an expectation from our players, you know, and 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 from our organization. You know, our, our guys are very competitive, very very competitive. They want to get better, they want to improve, they want to feel like as a strength coach that you're helping them to you know to develop and and change their game in in some way. And so, um, you know, so I would say for us, we're always trying, even in 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 the season. Um, you know, we're, we're always trying to get stronger. You know, we're not we're not going to sit here and say, you know, hey, we're we're just going to let you fall off, you know, at a slow rate. You know, no, we're we're always trying to get stronger. And as a matter of fact, we've had some players tell us, like, you know, hey, I, you know, I I got stronger last year or th- through the course of the season. I was stronger at, at the end than I was during camp, and and that's phenomenal. A lot of it is the, their work ethic and the work that they put into it. But that's our our goal and our intent is to uh, we we want to pursue it. We want our guys. We're going to be intelligent with the programming, but we're still going to continue to try to get after it and and uh do what we can to uh to kind of meet them where they're at with their body and their age and everything like that and and make sure that we're improving that's great man what advice do you have for young strength and conditioning coaches getting into the field or do you have advice that you give young coaches that have that you know something that you've kind of it's helped you over the years yeah so i think uh you know just be prepared to to uh persevere um, start at the bottom and work, keep working your way up. You know, for, for me, um, when I was a, when I was a graduate assistant, I, f- I finished my graduate assistantship. Um, and then it's like, Hey, you know, I'm time for me to get a job. And so I, I was humbled real quick, uh, because I finished my, my GA. I think I applied for like three jobs, mm-hmm. interviewed for a couple of them, didn't get them. And uh, I kept applying. I applied to a few different places, interviewed at a few different places, had on-campus interviews. I had phone interviews. Um, and, and again, just didn't get, I wasn't getting hired. And so I was going on these interviews and I was losing the, you know, I was just, I guess, like losing the interview process. And so I don't remember how many times I interviewed on, on campus, but it was like eight or nine. And, you know, and so you, uh, and I think uh, doing things like when you go to the conferences, That'll humble you, too, when you're a young strength coach because you see all these people, um, you know. But when, when I was in GA, I went to, you know, the conference, and I would see hundreds of other people who were who are just like me. Same situation that I was in, you know, uh, finishing the GA or finishing an internship or, or whatever that may be, looking for jobs. And so um, you have to be willing to uh, kind of persevere through that time and, and stick with it um, and also continue to find ways to get yourself better through that too you know i know it's it's tough you're you're interviewing for jobs you're kind of looking to make that next step but you still have to find you know ways to continue to educate yourself through that and uh and and make sure you're getting yourself better so that when you do get your job you know you get your first full-time job you get it um you know and I, i think coaching uh in general no matter if you're a strength coach or you're coaching a sport or whatever is is kind of like you know the ultimate ladder of of uh, jobs and, and climbing in, in, in a profession because you have to you kind of have to start from the bottom. You have to grow your knowledge. Um, you know you can't you can't just walk at, into strength coaching and, and expect that you're going to be running like a power five program or you're, you know you're not going to be the, the head guy of a, a baseball team making it to the to the college world series or or be in the major leagues or anything like that. So you you really have to take time to grow yourself, grow your knowledge. Um, you know, make sure you're 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 staying up on what's new and educating yourself, um, and, and also trying to find ways that you can better yourself as a coach. And so, uh, so I you know I always give that that advice. You know, is it's it's a long road. Uh, 
you know, but, but it's very rewarding and you're going to learn a ton. And so, um, it's, it's not one of those things where it's just done in vain where you, you know, you just, you're just doing all this work for nothing. Uh, I mean, you're going to learn a lot and, and, uh, I've learned so much and, and still continue to learn, you know, a, a lot of things on a daily basis. And, and so it's, uh, but yeah, just be, be prepared to, uh, to, I think now we're, we're in a great time of strength and conditioning too. It's a, there's, there's a lot of jobs, there's a need for it. Um, you know, th- things are great. Things are happening. You know, I know, I know when I was, uh, first getting into it, the, the, the thought of being like a basketball only guy, um, or, or, you know, some, some schools that have like, uh, baseball only guys or what, whatever the case may be like that didn't exist. And so, now there's there's so many different avenues in strength and conditioning, like we were talking with the tactical sector too. That um, you know you're you're in a good field. Continue to learn, continue to grow, and just continue to try to get yourself better and, and become a better coach. And and uh, you know things will happen for you. Good. Um, so take that one step further. What's the future of strength and conditioning look like to you five, ten years from now, or even further out? Uh, you know so. I think a few a few different things could happen. You know, we need to we need to still continue to advance our own profession within uh, you know within what we have and and uh, and I know we talk some about uh, in football is like be, being able to uh, I guess set ourselves apart as uh, as being a, a valuable part of uh, the program, not necessarily just like tied in with whatever the football staff or the basketball staff is like trying to, um, to kind of make our profession set set alone and and on itself so that when you know it's it's always kind of heartbreaking you know when someone gets hired and they come in and they just like cut ties with everybody at the school or the organization or or whatever it is and so i think we need to you know as a as a profession continue to make steps to to make sure that that's less you know less of an occurrence you know and it, it, it there's a reality there too that guy coaches come in they want to have their own guys working with their players mm-hmm. which which is understandable but you know you see a lot of great guys and a lot of great people that just get you know, kind of get, kind of lose their jobs for really, really no reason other than there was a, a change, you know, or some kind of a changeover. And, and so I think in that, you know, is, is continuing to move in advance in that, continuing to, um, uh, move in advance in the growth of salaries and, um, year to year contracting and things like that. And, uh, I think those, those things are going to happen. Those things have happened, you know, just in my short time as being a strength coach. And then, um, you know, in, in, in as far as future is speaking, um, here is a great example of it. There's vendors and there's different kinds of technology and there's all kinds of, of things coming up. And so for someone um, getting into the field too, another piece of advice is educate yourself on all of this stuff, you know, all the technology that there is and everything that's out there. The more you can do, the more valuable you're going to be to your organization, to your team, to your, your coaching staff, whatever it is. And so um, – there's really been no limit to what's coming out, you know, as far as the technology stuff goes and the tracking and it seems like there's something new coming out every year. For sure. Um, and, and so uh, I, I think that's going to continue to grow and, and help our programming and, and uh, just make us more aware and more knowledgeable as professionals and, and as strength coaches. And, um, and, and I see, you know, strength and conditioning kind of opening – in, in different avenues too, you know, there's uh, like like we were talking about with the with the tactical sector. There's becoming more and more high school strength coaching positions that are coming up, coming open. Um, people are just placing a uh, I guess a premium or a, a level of importance on having a full time strength certified 
strength professional at their at their school or with their organization and and things like that so staffs are growing you know where we're you know even in the nfl where there used to be places had like two guys or maybe you know whatever now there's like five and and uh, there's internships and there's there's different things coming along and so um so I, I see those things happening you know in the next in the years to come nice so how can our listeners connect with you are you on social media or are you uh... yeah so I, i'm not very active I, i'm not a huge active uh social media guy um uh my my instagram is casey kramer 12 uh so you know if you want to want to check it out it's a lot of a lot of uh, pictures and videos of me riding horses, <laughs> which is my my main hobby is uh, is doing doing some stuff like that, some cowboy type stuff. This goes back to my farm and ranch <laughs> background uh, from how I grew up. But yeah, uh, uh, you can check me out there. Um, you know, uh, uh, you look me up on the Bears uh, through the Bears organization and and reach out for my my contact info there. And and uh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Well, Casey, thanks for being on the podcast. I appreciate and, it. and also thanks to our sponsor, Sorenex Exercise Equipment, for uh, making the show possible. You often hear these podcasts recorded at NSCA conferences and events. Why not join us at the next one? You can get all the details on upcoming events at nsca.com slash events. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.